is Sunday, June 21st, 2020. And on this episode of Arch Radio, guess who's back? Me. <laughs> the husband. Yes, the husband. And just for the those of you who are meta, I am finally using a little um, mixer to connect two XLR microphones to it. And we are recording with those two microphones. And um, just as a side note, I mean, for those of you who listen to Daniel Brewer, and he was talking about on his Tech Tuesday on Tuesday about the background hum on microphones and electrical things like that, whatever. Um, I meant to tell him, but I, I just, he, he listens to the show, so he'll know. Daniel, I'm using Audio Hijack, and it has a filter, a denoise filter. And what you do is you, um, let it learn the noise on your specific setup, and then it will cut that noise out while you're recording. So that's why I think we've had really good audio um, this time and last time because um, I use that little denoise thing. Now, moving on to other things. This, uh, I'm going to call this Nessa's segment because this is all about Nessa and her concern. Um, well, I'm a pl- I'll play her voicemail in just a second, but um, she was she was a little jealous that Scotty got his own show and she wanted to have her own show. So she sent me a voicemail with something that we can talk about. And I thought having my husband put his two cents in too would be a really good uh, addition to this. So let's start by playing Nessa's voicemail and then we will get into our discussion of what she was talking about. So let's listen to that now. That message or that voicemail message is old. (laughs) Um, Hey, it's Nessa. I'm calling for my own show topic. Um, So I have a cousin who is uh, Republican in most senses of the word and um, often comments on my generally political posts that I may repost from other people, um, being contrary to whatever I, I post. So m- the most recent one is um, if, you know, not all Trump supporters are racist, but they determine that racism isn't a deal breaker. And he comes back and says something about sexual assault and Joe Biden, you know, this kind of thing. And um, a lot of people have reached out to me separately and asked how I can um, how I haven't blocked him or I have not unfriended him. And I feel that uh, education is the best tool to change somebody's mind. Um, also, he is my cousin. Um, so it, it's more of a, a my cause that I want to help him gain some education. So I'm wondering your thoughts on on people who have opinions contrary to your own and the best course of action. Do you try to educate them or do you just block them? Anyhow, um, I enjoy the shows with Warren. Warren makes me laugh. and uh, But I've told you that on Twitter. <laughs> Anyways, I will talk to you soon. Bye. 
All right. Thank you, Nessa, for calling in. And first of all, yes, you're right. That the message, the outgoing message on my voicemail is from like 10 years ago. I don't even know what it says and I don't even know how to change it. So sorry about that, Nessa. But anyway, Nessa brings up a really good point. And I'm going to say that more often than not, everybody has experienced this um and maybe not necessarily with politics, but has experiences to some degree if they're on Facebook, where you post a an opinion about something and then there's always people, whether they're family or not, who post uh, against what your opinion is. And then generally her question there was, how do we deal with it or what, what, does she, what do we suggest that she do? And I'm going to start off by just saying that I think the smartest thing to do is to ignore his comments. You could read them, but ignore them um, to the point that you can, because I know that it, it, they, they like um, eat at you and dig away at your brain and you just want to, you just have to say something. Well, then when you say something, then you get into this back and forth constantly with people on Facebook and, you know, it becomes like a little war or a little fight on Facebook. So I think you end up having to either block the person or um, put up with it. Because I, I don't think, now you mentioned um, educating, um, like going the route of education. And I don't think that works because what, you, what you're trying to do is you're telling them your opinion and, and why it's right and so forth, I guess. And they're just never going to agree with that. They're just, it's just never going to happen. Now, my husband, who happens to be an extremely intelligent person, um, has situations like this on Facebook, or at least he did for a long, for a good while, he well, would respond to a lot of people. But then I think lately you've got, you've learned your lesson. No, no, no. Uh, so, well, first of all, thank you for calling me extremely intelligent. Well, like, you are. I pretend that I am. <laughs> um, but I am not um, a prolific uh, poster on Facebook, but I always avoid getting into what I call I play, you know, I'm a tennis player. What I call uh, battling the back, the backboards. So, in the world of tennis, one way of, of practicing your ground strokes is hitting against a wall or a backboard. The ball, when you hit a ball against a backboard, or uh, hit a ball against a wall, the ball always comes back. And so that was my experience in these entanglements with reading comments on Facebook and then trying to post facts. And actually, not only that, but just providing links to where I was getting this information. I mean, just data. Well, but that's, and, that's like true. But then the ball would come back. It doesn't matter. The backboard effect. They always come back with something from Breitbart or something they read on Facebook or something they saw on Twitter. Uh, Screaming, uh, screaming eagle, patriot blog, or the ball always comes back, and you can devote a lot of time and energy into hitting that ball back at the wall, or decide I've had enough of this. I'm tired, so I'm going to say at least in the in this. I guess now I'm I'm. I'm I'm um, reaching into my experience as a history teacher. I think in this political atmosphere, it's hyper-partisan, hyper-polarized, and 
Republicans, the Republican Party has really devolved into a cult um, to where there is this slavish devotion. And I say this because only, I was thinking about this today when I was on one of my, my, my run today, that since 1992, only George W. Bush in 04 managed to get 50% of the popular vote. The other Republican candidates, George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush, McCain, Trump. Romney, <laughs> Trump, they've all, 46% is the maximum. And over time, they ha- the Republican Party has really reduced itself to a base that relies on low information, um, poorly proven um, sound bites, appeal to emotions that don't really have evidence either rooted either in history or, or concrete data. It's just how we feel. So I'm going to say this, this individual, this cousin she's dealing with, I think really belongs to a cult, a cult of Trump. And unless you're a psychologist and want to break that down, I'm going to say there is no educating that's going to change this person's mind because this individual has devoted a lot of energy into being involved in the cult. And you look at Trump's supporters, and why don't they abandon him? Well, look at what that entails. It means admitting you're living in an alternative reality, which is why Germany had to be denazified. Um, the Soviet Union had to be de-Stalinized because there is a devotion to the leader of the cult. And that has to be broken down with concrete information about what this what this leader, what this cultish leader, and the cult, what, what is it all about? Anyway, it's like admitting to a, a five-year-old that Santa Claus doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, really. So you can pour a lot, and uh, going back to the, to the, you know, the, the backboard, or the, you know, hitting the, the ball, hitting a tennis ball against the wall, it will always come back. This cousin will always come back with something, and if you want to continue, you know, educating you will be wasting a lot of your time. It'll be like you pounding your head against the wall. yourself, and you will be the one uh, angered or upset about the fact that this person just isn't getting it. They won't get it because they don't want to get it. They can't understand it because it it's admitting Santa Claus doesn't exist. It it means admitting. The lead, the emperor has no, no clothes. Yeah, and that's really that. that's what they can't deal with. Yeah. So I will say to, to Nessa, I would, you know, if this cousin is is important to you as a family member, and you don't mind this person dropping these comments supportive of Donald Trump, go for it. I wouldn't invest a lot of time and energy into going back and forth because the ball will always come back. It might be worth your while to say, hey, listen. Let's reconnect after November, and in the meantime, 
I just find these political comments and us going back and forth very time-consuming. Let's take a break for a couple of months. I love you. Let's stay in touch. But as far as Facebook is concerned, I think I'm going to limit comments of this character or this nature. Or if you know, you can decide, well, I'll just let that slide and let others comment. But either way, I wouldn't devote a lot of time and energy into thinking you're going to change this person's mind. Because at this stage of the game, after all we have seen in three and a half years, if that dude or dudette, dudette um, is this male or female? It's male. If this dude is going to pull that lever for President Karen, there's nothing you're going to say that's going to change his mind. I, I, just to clarify to you a little bit, I, if I remember in the voicemail, it was more about his reaction to the racism um, thing that's been going on with the Black Lives Matter, which actually really still is a Trump kind of thing because Trump has fanned the flames of this of course, for weeks now. So he's running a base campaign, and that's that's all he has going for him, right? So it would be, it would, I think, I would react the same way, whether it's racism or voting for Trump. Yeah, or, if at this point you don't think Donald Trump is a racist, after all we have seen, there is nothing anyone's going to say to that individual that will change that person's mind, because chances are they're a racist anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you know. He's preaching to a choir, and the choir is singing as as strongly as they can, and um, and they're, they're all going to they're not changing their tune, and they're all going to get COVID from that singing. Fingers crossed. <laughs> anyway, um, so Nessa, I hope that that uh, sheds some light on our the way we think about it and and what we would do, um, and maybe that will give you some help. I hope. Now, one one other thing, Nessa. Um, I wanted to let you know that I am like three episodes behind listening to your podcast. I'm like really behind on listening to podcasts. So I'm choosing one at a time and listening to all their episodes. And some of them, you know, these hour long shows take a long time to listen to. Anyway, so Nessa, that was the Nessa segment. Hopefully you enjoyed it. It was just all for you. <laughs> I hope Nessa um, got something out of that. And if I was a professional uh, podcaster, I'd have a uh, piece of music or a... Um, what do they call those things? Um, no, I can't think of it. They're all screaming at me, telling me what it is. Between segments, what do you call that thing? An interlude? I guess, something like that. In any case, we're going to move on because this this discussion with Nessa and her cousin and being a cult member and stuff mm -hmm. um, leads right into what happened last night in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. President Trump had uh -oh. a rally um in tulsa and nobody showed up <laughs> well i shouldn't say that it was the stadium um, could help could hold nineteen thousand people and six thousand two hundred people showed up and i just think it was hilarious because we found out today that uh teenagers and tiktokers and uh kids were using their um Trump's system to request tickets and then uh, delete the data that goes along with it so that they couldn't be caught. And then um, they, the uh, Trump administration thought that 100,000 people, or no, a million, a million people, a million, a million people were going to be going to his yes. 
um, rally and only 6,000 people showed up because all those kids who requested those fake tickets <laughs> didn't show up. Well, I didn't, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a data wonk or, but I, I do in the, in the world of politics, I do, I do, uh, read the work of data wonks because they can break this stuff down well they understand so it better than we do i could understand how could you how can you how did that happen i mean I, I know young people are far ahead of me by a million miles but basically what they were doing was feeding the trump campaign bad data by doing exactly what you're describing yeah um and they understand you know how to how to do this sort of thing so the campaign, this Brad Prascal, uh, the Trump campaign manager, was able to declare that 800,000 people had reserved seats uh, to see President President Karen <laughs> and talk about the ultimate punk. I mean, he was punked. Um, and so... He was trolled. <laughs> oh, to the maximum. <laughs> And so who explained this? First of all, it you have to wonder about the competence of of the campaign manager because certainly it didn't make sense and we we've been saying this all week. Yeah. How can they sell 800,000 tickets to an arena that only sits, seats 19,000 19, people? I don't know. That's, that's, I think so, cuz I thought the system would would have you know, stopped selling the tickets once they reached nineteen thousand. Like the system well, that they were. Why not question the data? Why not question where this? They is were just from? so happy that eight hundred thousand people. Here, there's another, but there's another sad reality. Yeah. These people, whether it's Brad Prascal or Bill Barr, they have they have to feed the parking meter known as Donald Trump's you have to ego. Feed the lion, yeah. To keep that, to keep. To keep that working, the meter has to be fed. So here's Brad Prascal getting getting data that probably to anyone made no sense, but oh, I can feed the meter with this. And so he did. And he went on national media. Oh, we're gonna have um, almost a million people. They had a podium outside. For the overflow uh, for crowd. For the overflow crowd. There was no overflow crowd. They started taking it down while he was They're still speaking. They it down, yeah. So that is the that the president of the United States cannot deal with. And this gets back to the NASA situation. If the leader must be fed false information to keep him from having a temper tantrum, yeah, you are not going to educate the cult follower who insists on kissing this person's ass. Yeah. Um, so. It was just Donald Trump had. I mean, for the first, uh, maybe the handful of times in his life, had to face reality. Yeah, pretty I am harsh. Not that popular, after all. I can only imagine the heads that are going to roll next week. Well, you already saw a reaction from him. He didn't get on Twitter and complain or anything yet, as far as I know. But he got off of the um, Air Force helicopter back oh, at the, the white tie house was undone and it the was mega the, hat was crumpled in his hand yeah it was the walk he of had shame no words for the press he just waved his hand and, and he had this the most disappointed look on his face like oh my god maybe they don't like me it's true 
I mean, I thought it was just that this this was his rally to start his second campaign to bring it all back, and it was a big flop. Yes. Excuse me. And he talked about every, as according to you, every eight minutes about being able to drink Drink water water out of a glass with one hand and walking down a ramp. Walking down a ramp. And then, of course, I know I've mentioned this before. Of course, the cult followers gave him a standing ovation for drinking the glass of water with (laughs) with one one hand, hand, as you would a toddler who no longer needs the sippy cup. Again, (laughs) cult, cult leader, all they need is the Kool-Aid in their sippy cups, and they're all a dead flock. Yeah. Which, you know, again, let's talk about COVID now, because... That was the concern, but there were so few of them, and I guess they're all breathing and laughing and you know, well, whatever, there was, all over each other. The, those that did go were seated all next to each other. Yeah. It was in that middle section, if you saw the stadium, it was in the middle section and on down on the floor, and they were all pretty close. So I'm, I'm still expecting to have some kind of um, rise in the numbers for Oklahoma uh, well, no, actually, because the people came from all over the country. So, well, so it is like the Jim Jones. I mean, they all they all drank the Kool Aid at the compound and then took it home. They're all, and we heard we heard some of these folks waiting outside. And this is the thing: who's even more stupid than the than the cult sleeping outside, thinking they need to stay outside for four days, Jeez. sleeping on the sidewalk to see this jackass? And they really were. They started on Tuesday. Yes. And the interviews with these people, I mean, they all needed dental work, let's face it. They do. Um, but the things they were saying, our president risks his life every day. The least I can do is risk my life to see my president. These are things you hear from people who belong to a cult. And they literally said, it, I don't care if yes. I get COVID. I want to see it President It could be Trump. Jim Jones. It could be Hitler. It could be Stalin. It's the same thing. And so they are willing to to put themselves on ventilators to see Donald Trump Trump spew the same garbage he's been excreting for the past four years. They heard nothing new last night. Now, one thing we did notice that we have talked about briefly was the fact that it's taking a Republican uh, PAC, the Lincoln Project, to troll Trump with these Freaking amazing! Repeatedly, uh, commercials. Yeah, repeatedly, and they're and they're just hammering him. They're brilliant. They are brilliant. And, and the, they quickly put this one together today about him walking off yeah. the airplane. And um, if the DNC is doing this, I haven't seen them. I know uh, the, the DNC is not doing it. The Biden thing. campaign is putting out some smart things in the past. Yeah, but that's weeks. coming from the Biden campaign. It's not but coming from wonder, DNC. Um, the Democrats really should be hammering at this. Every oh, time he does something, they should be them. on it. I don't know. but How could know, they not? Yeah. Republicans, the Republican Party understands nasty and how to, how to do nasty. Very and well. they do it well. I yeah. can imagine when we, as we head into November, we'll be seeing rainbow, rain, uh, rainbows, unicorns, and, and, bunny, t- and um, bunny rabbits. From the Democrat and Party? And reaching across the aisle. And yeah, I think this is, and normally I'm all into positive campaigning, but after all we've been through, I really do think it's really time to drive home. This man and this and this party, they are both dangerous. And yes, here they is are. Why. And 
the ads write them. Donald Trump is writing the ads. I was going to say they don't they have, have to do much. To they do just very have to much. Put the video together words, and record his audio. The 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 hand gestures like he's playing the accordion, the pursed lips, um, the slurring, the the sniffing. He's unhealthy. He's unfit. He's dangerous. And pan out to the crowd and what they're doing. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a political consultant, but I, I really do think it's really time for Democrats to get down, serious, dirty, yeah. and nasty. As Republicans, and let's face it: if this were a, a Democratic president behaving this way, oh my God, the Republicans would be they all would be making hay out of this. Yes. So, okay. So we said we're going to move on yes. to COVID. Yes. And and I know we've talked a lot about COVID in the last ten to twelve weeks, but. I'm seeing a trend, and I'm sure you're seeing it too. These states that did not weren't necessarily affected early on are now getting lots of infections. Like the state of Florida, it's like they're beating their daily record every day for cases, mm-hmm. and then the hospitals are filling up again. But these are not in major cities. Like New York has got it down flat. D.C. We're in pretty good shape, you know. But these are these. The states, like the state of Florida, Arizona, yeah, Texas, all these states. And that worries me that, um, you know, this is not going away. It's just going to keep, I think it's going to keep staying around because people aren't being smart about it. So the media, I think, is misrepresenting a second second wave. This is not the second wave. We're still still in the first, yeah. These were states that should not have opened up because they were hammered hard to begin with. They were last in line to do lockdowns, but the first to ease up. And so, you know, Florida, remember spring break, the <coughs> beaches Excuse were me. all open and people were out on the beach and breathing on each other and out at the clubs and the college kids were there. Well, and so they're visiting grandma at the old folks' home. And then, you know, the, you know there's this ripple effect with this thing. Yeah. Well, and, as you know, our president has said that we would not have as many cases if we didn't do as much testing. He was just joking. That's what his... Can't you take a joke, honey? That's what his handler said. It's but all a joke. Ha, 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 ha. He said, I ha, told ha, ha, my people ha, to ha. slow down the testing. Ha, 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 ha. I have a feeling he actually did I can't that. stop laughing. It's so funny. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was just going to bring up one little thing about... Um, the COVID situation. One thing that you would not expect. Let me find my little article here. There it is. So there's one other shortage that is happening because of COVID. And it's just something you would not think of. The banks um, are having an issue with coins. Coins have basically disappeared. They've stopped flowing in the, uh, you know, the the money flow. And it comes, turns out that um, people are not, we're not taking their coins to those machines that could count them up and give you really? cash back. So there were not, the, the Federal Reserve was not getting coins from that. Um, the Federal Reserve itself was not, I think, it's, is that who, no, is it the Federal Reserve? No, it's the, um, who who makes the coins? <laughs> what's his, What's their name? Treasury Department? Is it the Treasury? Uh, nope, it's Federal Reserve Chair. Yeah. Okay, Federal Reserve says that in this, this, the spring months, like March to June, their people were not working, so they weren't producing any new coins to go into circulation. So there's that. So now banks, especially banks in rural areas, are being limited on the amount of coins they can get from the Federal Reserve because they they don't have it. So they're waiting for 
you know, the economy should really open up so that the flow of coins will get back into the circulation of money. I thought that was really interesting. That, I hadn't thought of that. All of the little things that are affected by this COVID thing. Yeah. You know. But did we mention that we scored some... Um, we we did. La- la- yeah, last time. Yeah. <sighs> Lysol wipes and Lysol spray. Yes. Yeah. So we have plenty. We don't have it. And actually, you sent a box of stuff to your parents. I know. Because, well, they don't... They're they're older. My dad turned eighty. Yeah. Then they got, and they got their supplies on Friday. Of course, today is Father's Day, and they were very happy. I call my dad today, very happy to get their um, their COVID their COVID them. stuff because um, even though Louisiana is, I think, still in stage two or phase anyway, two, the, yeah. the fear is because the numbers there are going up too. That Louisiana, they're hearing that Louisiana Louisiana may go back to phase one. Reopening oh, a little bit more of a lot, but they don't go anywhere, and we don't want them to go anywhere, even no. though they want to go out and do and go to the supermarket, whatever. So we've been sending things anyway. They appreciated getting it because act because they're not going out and they don't have them. They can't find it down there. So it's like you sent your parents. Um, what do they call this? Like when you're in college and the, your parents send you a box of goodies, care package, a care package. Yeah, yeah. that was a, a really nice thing for you to do. Yeah. Um, I am actually still kind of nervous about going out um, in, especially if there's going to be a group of people. I mean, I know we, this past week I went to get my hair cut. Luckily I was the only person in the shop. Yes. And the guy was able to cut my hair without taking my mask off. Your barber is very, very hot. Well, well, cause that the night after that we went to dinner at the restaurant that's right next yeah. door to his hair shop, and you saw him, and, and he was waving at me in the window. He is gorgeous. Did you see him waving? Absolutely at me? gorgeous. Yeah. Yes, I waved back. Yeah, I thought he was flirting with me. He is very cute. So oh, um, he's stunningly handsome, handsome. gorgeous. Yeah. He's beautiful. So um, last night was the uh, most recent um, Pride Forty Eight happy hour on Zoom, and that was pretty fun. It was. It wasn't. Um, as wild as some in the past, but it was still fun. And, but you left at 10 o'clock before uh, Dubious Intent was recorded. I left at exactly 10.18. Oh, okay. Well, that's about the time Dubious Intent started. Now, next weekend is the Pride 48 weekend, and um, there'll be 32 different shows playing next weekend, and I am not one of them. However, Adam, um, I don't know if he remembers this, but it, during the show last night, he asked if I would be, or really, I maybe it was Daniel who suggested that I be his co-host on his show because um, he doesn't know how, how he's going to fill an hour. I think that's what it was. Anyway, so I volunteered. So if that works out, Friday night at midnight, I'll be on with um, Adam. So, But there'll be a lot of other shows to listen to. So, honey, next weekend I may be listening to a lot of shows live on Pride 48. I might be having a date with your barber. Okay, that's fine. Go for it. I give you permission. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap this up. So uh, thank you for listening. And Nessa, I hope you um, enjoyed our little discussion for your benefit, yes. your Nessa segment. And um, for everyone else, have a great week. And um, thanks for listening. And until next time, bye. 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 bye.